Today, God is calling us to do something, something specific. We hear it at the end of every service, and it might be the most important directive of all. And it's one word. Any guesses? What did you say? Go. Indeed. Go. The word is go. Outside these walls, outside the comfort of this warm haven, outside of a Sunday, today we get to explore what that looks like when we are called to go. I want to thank the youth, although I think she left, for that wonderful Genesis reading. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house, from all that comfort and safety, right, to the land that I will show you. I will bless those who bless you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God blesses Abram and implores him to go and be a blessing to others. This isn't the only time that we hear go in the scriptures. In Matthew 10, when Jesus sends out the 12, he says, Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. In Luke 9, after the transfiguration, when Jesus is walking with the disciples, he says to a man who wants to follow him, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. In Mark 16, after the resurrection, when Jesus appears to the eleven in a moment of their disbelief, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And when necessary, use words. We've heard that. In John 20, he says, As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And in the book of Acts 5, an angel of the Lord went to the disciples saying, Go, stand in the temple courts and tell the people all about this new life. Without a shadow of a doubt, we're called to go out into the world and spread God's love. We're not only meant to come here on Sundays and keep our faith contained, private, compartmentalized. We're meant to come here on Sundays and then go bless people Monday through Saturday. We come here to connect with each other, to hear scripture in order to know and love God more. We come here to feel the spirit and to sing and to pray and to receive Holy Communion and to teach and to learn and to be inspired as we invited you this afternoon or today after the service, for example, and to be blessed. We receive blessings here and then we're expected to go and be a blessing to others. In thinking about this week, I, I ended up perusing the wonderful body of Christ in the parish hall, in North Hall. So it's uh, made up of cards that you all filled out um, in the shape of Christ on the wall, if, you, if you've seen it. If you haven't, please do. Um, I don't know exactly what the prompt was, but the way I uh, seemed to understand it was, 
the prompt maybe was, what does this church offer or should this church offer um, to you or to others? So listen to these three that I found. How to live a more godly life, a focus on faith, and the question, what is my responsibility to others? Well, when we look to Genesis, what we heard today, and to the Gospels, we have answers. Like Abram and like the disciples, we're told to go. That is our responsibility. So what are we called to go do? We're called to bless. What does that mean? Well, I have a little story. My friend and Episcopal priest, Adrian Danhauser, serves a parish in New York City called Church of the Incarnation. It's one block from the Empire State Building. So you can get a sense of where it is. She wrote a book last year called Ask Me for a Blessing Because God Knows You Need One. Adrian took the invitation to go and bless to another level and inspired by the movement of ashes to go, began standing out front of the church one morning a week next to a sign she made that said, ask me for a blessing, God's grace is meant to be shared. Bold. When taken up on the offer, she would say a prayer that fit the need, end with the person's name and bless them with the sign of the cross on their forehead. Six years later, she's still at it. <laughs> Connecting with people of all faiths, all races, all ages to share God's grace. And people will ask her, what's a blessing? And she explains, a blessing is a pronouncement of God's goodness while also being a request for God's favor or protection. It's a type of prayer. One day someone asked her, well, wait, aren't we supposed to be a blessing? Yes, yes, exactly. And then right there in her book, she quoted today's Genesis passage. Exactly. We are blessing in the world by blessing others. We don't need to do it like Adrian does it, but we need to do it. Adrian wrote, Quote, blessing simultaneously extends an invitation to another person and, and an invitation to God to move in that person's life, end quote. I love that, an invitation. Remember, Lent is a time of invitation. And today's scripture invites us to go and to bless, simply profoundly, courageously. So this Lent, please let's take some time to consider how we do that both personally on a daily basis and then for now, for right here, let's consider how this parish family collectively is doing blessing work. Now I'm new here. And I'm, and I'm only here for a short time. So I'm, I'm dipping in and I'm getting to know you and I'm learning about you and, um, and it's wonderful. An example that is happening right now, right now, literally, about blessing work is that the Confermans are making sandwiches in North Hall. <laughs> 
And then they'll go, they'll go to Chapel on the Green at an Episcopal church in New Haven an hour from here. This was new to me, this, this um, service. Show of hands, who is familiar with Chapel on the Green? Okay, I'd say at least half, maybe a little bit more. Show of hands if you've been there, if you've actually gone. Okay, much fewer number. That's all right. I had not heard of it until this week. It's a radically inclusive outdoor mass for the most vulnerable people of New Haven. And today the St. Stephen's teens will go and bless the homeless, the sad, sick, lonely, hungry, addicted, mentally ill, the young and the older, all with God's grace. And it's a multi-generational gathering too. The teens, by their ministry of presence and amazing smiles and food and gift of socks, thanks be to God for you and your generous donations, I've heard. Um, that was miraculous. They will extend an invitation for God to move in another person's life. Full stop. They are going. And I hear they go twice a year. So how does St. Stephen's, how else does this parish go out there? How do you get your hands beautifully dirty with blessing work? We need to get our hands dirty. But don't worry, someone nearby will always have Purell. <laughs> always. You give a lot here. You sing and you bake, and you prepare the altar, and you serve on the altar, and you read, and you lead groups, and more. You also collect items, a lot I hear. And you collect money um, and items for the hungry and for children and more, and that is beautiful. Do not get me wrong. This is very good and important work. But there's a point to make. There's a difference between community service and community engagement. Service is collecting items here and even writing checks, which is also very important. While engagement is when you rub elbows in person with somebody in need who needs God's love and hope, somebody who is really at the end of their rope. So to go out is to embrace community engagement. Now, embracing is a key word in this church's mission statement. Embracing and living God's commandment to love our neighbors through worship, stewardship, and service to others. That's the mission. And the teens are embracing that today. Is it convenient? and easy and comfortable? No, not usually. And that's the point. I asked Jane, who works with the teens, if it's snowing and cold today, will the mass be indoors? No, she said, but it will be shorter. The point is to stand beside someone in how they experience the world differently than we do. And this is the blessing work. Was Abram thrilled to follow God's call to go? We don't know. Was he nervous? 
maybe. He was leaving his comfort zone, that we know, and that can be uncomfortable and scary, but he went and it took courage. All of those disciples that went out, all of those followers, all the people before us, and all the people even here who have gone out, it does take courage. Courage is acting in the face of fear. Perhaps we need to face our fears about going out and engaging with people in need. Just a thought. This is not a message just for St. Stephen's, by the way. It's churches everywhere need to get outside of their doors. And I know you do, but may this serve as a fresh call to action this season. And especially a fresh call to action, dare I say, post-COVID, right? COVID, we know, put a halt to many ministries that invite and urge us to go out. And we understand that, but they're coming back. So it's time. It's time. Listed on the Body of Christ cards over in the hall, there were several notes about feeding people. I noticed. So maybe those who are passionate about feeding could plan a summer parish outing to feed people at Chapel on the Green. You have a garden here. That's also a great place to get your hands dirty. And I hear that volunteers are really needed. And what a wonderful ministry that is, partnering with Meals on Wheels to feed community members. There's a food pantry at St. James in Danbury that's in need of help. There are places we can go. I've also discovered here at St. Stephen's a focus or a desire for intergenerational connections. There are both cards on the body of Christ, again, that, you, that mention this, plus on your website, I found that there are six features of Christian community listed on the website, and one of the questions is this. What intergenerational activity do we do together that demonstrates our love for our neighbors? Great question. Hold that question. Ask that question. Answer that question together, together. What intergenerational activities do we do together that demonstrates our love for our neighbors? And then I would urge to end that with out there, outside the doors. Can those community engagement opportunities where all ages come together spread God's love? Yes. You're lucky to have a mission committee here at the church and the leader of that committee, Georgia, and so this Lent, please consider connecting with her and with each other and choosing how you will engage to go out. Because there are a multitude of ways. Regardless of age or ability, we can go and spread hope to others. I remember fondly a parishioner I knew in California named Phyllis who was elderly and couldn't stand for very long. Our church ran a laundry love, which I love, and Phyllis became the laundry love check-in person who sat in a chair the whole time, taking names and giving tickets and spreading love. And you know it's as much about the love as it is about the laundry. 
She wouldn't miss a laundry love to save her life. She was such a blessing. So if you're feeling that you're not equipped in some way to go out, trust that God equips us. When we have the passion and we have the willingness, we will be equipped. It's not our job to know how blessing work will transform someone, but rather to go and do it, trusting that it will transform. So again, let's all take time this Lent in prayer and in meditation, in silence, and in conversations around the dinner table and with friends to consider how we can and will go out of these walls after a Sunday. I wonder how you will be blessing others. Lord only knows. Amen. <laughs>